0: Here we go. Episode three, No Name Nashville. All right. So, uh, a lot to talk about. I went to a drive in concert last Friday. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. 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 Can't cancel. It's all COVID. We gotta get them bars back out there <clears throat> outside of our car. Leave the cars in the parking lot. Let's. I don't know. It was pretty safe. Let me hear my expectations for it. I, uh, well, I tried to keep them really low because I just didn't want to be disappointed. I mean, I, I will say, like, what. Was really attractive. About I think why we ultimately pulled the triggers because you could bring a cooler in, (laughs) so it's like you know the price wasn't it was one fifty for where we were at, and you could only bring four people in in each car, four person per four people per car. You know it it was. I will say it was nice to be back in that atmosphere, but we did pull in, and we were directly. Directly, directly, <laughs> behind a tree. So thanks for that, Live Nation. Uh, I think, I mean, I don't know. when. The, uh, maybe they just that wasn't a planning factor when they were going through putting this together. There was an entire row of 40, 50 foot trees right in front of the stage. Thankfully, we could see, we could see John Party on the screen. Um, so, I mean, so the highlight, really, just somewhere to hang out where live music is happening. That's first. Second, it was a safe environment. felt very safe. I mean, they, they had some guy running around with, like, a backpack full of just mist, and he was just spraying, like, everything he saw. But, yeah, it, it was safe. And then third, that sweet, sweet still. Steal you know, steel guitar, man, there's nothing like steel that's live, it just doesn't do it for me, I mean, I love steel guitar, you know, in recordings, but like, there's nothing like it live, so anyways, yeah, we need to get back to normal ASAP, and I know everyone wants to do that, but like, we gotta get through all this, I don't know, man, it's, I would say like, if you're on the fence about doing it, about going to a drive-in, don't do it. Uh John John Party saw John Party. You could tell he felt like it was weird. Uh you know. So what, you know. It it was weird. It was just weird. It was awkward. I mean, I, he did a great job of like trying to make everyone feel comfortable and have fun. They played for a long time. There was no opening act. It was just him. They just came out and played, which you know, I was expecting an open app, but then when there wasn't one, I was like, "Oh, okay. That well, that makes sense. That's like, you know, not only is it the band, but all their management, everyone, everything that goes along with another act coming, just a lot safer for everyone, lowers the chance of someone getting infected." All right. So yeah, I mean, it was it was cool, but I probably wouldn't do it again. Yeah. Um. Also, I found out in some Nashville pop music related. News. I found out that one of my favorite Nashville-based pop artists is putting out a song with probably overall one of my least favorite artists right now. None other than Jake. Love is like the Tuesdays, Scott. I mean, how are you going to have one of your most streamed songs be... Love is like the Tuesdays. What? <laughs> Do girls like that stuff? Like, hey babe, love is like the pineapples. I mean, if you think about it. And then just like bite your lip. You know, obviously I've got, I got anything against Jake Scott, but... His voice just makes me feel uncomfortable. So that's on me. That's on me. But he's putting a song out with Josie Dunn, and I'm going to have to listen to it because, you know, for the culture. But has anyone ever, has anyone else had that happen to them? An artist that they don't like, I don't know, that maybe you've, Blocked on Spotify. Do you know you can do that? <laughs> I was, I expressed frustration about Jake Scott, and I feel like Spotify heard that, and in, and maliciously, then started pushing him into like you know, just uh, playlists that I was listening to, you know, like you know when it when it goes when it switches to the algorithm, every single time. Oh, my playlist ends. Next song. Jake Scott. Doesn't matter if I'm listening to like. This is Nat King Cole. Next song. Jake Scott. Didn't make any sense. So. Just. Thoughts and prayers to me on Friday. When I've got to listen to that song. Has anyone else had that happen to them? Where they. One of their favorite artists does, does a song with. One of their least favorite artists. I mean. I can imagine if. If Lauren Elena is like your least favorite artist, then you're constantly screwed because she's featured on literally. I saw a tweet tonight that was like, "Oh, Karen Underwood and uh, Lauren Elena should do a song together." I was like, "No, we don't need another Lauren Elena feature. I I love Lauren Elena. Let's just hear her for once, you know." Uh no. Nah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna address this now, but this will be an ongoing conversation because it's so funny to me. But have you guys heard all the shit that Garth Brooks is getting for being a weirdo? I think I've tracked down the source of this. Now I'm a big fan of like podcast the LA Comedy Network of podcasts. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but there are a lot of like Bert Kreischer if you know him and like Tom Segura and his wife Christina P. and uh, formerly Chris D'Elia, uh before his ass got canceled. But anyways, there's uh, Joe Rogan's part of it. You know, they're all there's like an a whole entire network of comedians, and so I'm kind of up on that. And not necessarily Tom Segura all the time, but you know, like I'll get, I listen to podcasts on YouTube or I watch them. I don't know if anyone else does that, but I watch like the clips, uh, and that's kind of what I've been doing with my channel or with with this show, whatever this is. But they, uh, I mean, Garth Brooks a while back came out with it. And I think a lot of people that are woke to what's going on in country music have seen the Garth Brooks Facebook video. Where he's he says something, blah, 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 blah. And I like that. And then he'll say something about really weird about connecting on Facebook. And I'm like, I really like that. It's, it's honestly creepier than that. It's so bad. But um, it started there. They were on his radar, and then, I mean, every single time he releases some. I mean, if just go to his, if you ever see him talking about Studio G or like some live stream that they're gonna do, it's so crazy. It's just like, what, what's wrong with Garth? <laughs> I mean, and recently, you know, and, and then he's got that thing on Netflix now, the where he's crying every five minutes, getting super emotional, talking about. You know, his his favorite brand of, you know, guitar strings. I think uh, they've kind of made it a thing on their podcast, and it's spread like wildfire. If you go to any of his social posts, basically the premise is that Garth Brooks has skeletons, literal skeletons in his closet, and then he's a serial killer. If you aren't up on that, go to any post on his Instagram. Look at the comments. Comment after comment of like, the families need closure, Garth. Where are the bodies, Garth. It goes on and on. It's so funny. But it's there's like a weird energy around Garth Brooks in, in country music. They're uh, you know, he's so powerful. <laughs> I've never really understood that either. Like the man like streams his music on one digital service provider, I believe. I think it's Amazon. And the Thirty Tigers president always he doesn't talk about specifically Garth, but you know whenever an artist mentions just like excluding a DSP like he discourages that because it's a it's a um it's a it ends up being a customer service issue you're not meeting your customers at their place of you know wherever they they interact with music whether that's SoundCloud even you know uh, i mean a lot you can monetize SoundCloud now but all, you can on YouTube make sure it's on YouTube and the distribution company that we work with, we work with The Orchard, which is Sony's distribution company. But, you know, it, it becomes a customer service issue when you don't stream your music. And, I, you know, I can't remember the last time I've listened to a Garth Brooks song. Like, obviously, I know Friends in Love Places, and that's really it. <laughs> I don't know many He did a something about dive bars. I don't, I'm up on this stuff, I don't know, like, how is he still so relevant? I don't get it, like, it doesn't check out to me, but he is, and he's got a huge and loyal audience, I mean, like, he can sell any stadium out in, like, seconds, I mean, he's got a huge and loyal audience, and yet he's so creepy on social media, so he doesn't stream all his music, or he doesn't stream his music everywhere, so a lot of people just aren't connecting with it. And he's creepy af on social media. How is he still relevant? It doesn't check out. Last of a dying breed. I, I don't think anyone else will be able to do something like that. I think he's just so rich uh, that he's he's like one of those guys. Like you ask him what a loaf of bread costs, and he's like, I don't know, thousand bucks. Just so rich. All right, guys. So I have a theory. I have a theory that Riley Green was sent from the future to destroy Tim McGraw. I mean that that that's 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 the short of it. Um do you ever think Tim McGraw is like damn to keep I got to take steroids to keep up with these kids? That's what it takes now. Tim McGraw is going to release a uh, a song it's just going to be like and I wish nobody died. He's just going to be like Trying to out Riley Green Riley Green they're the same artists to me but I think I do think Riley Green was sent from the future there's this uh there's a song that he put out that's like one of what was one of his early hits one about Georgia it's like it's so monotone at the beginning he's just like I got a lyric here Spring breakdown in Panama City, it was 2000 and something. I mean, he literally sings it like that. Do you think at the beginning, I mean, wherever he came from, you know, like they wrapped the flesh around his exoskeleton and they gave him a guitar and he started singing. I mean, He went straight to the studio and they were like, Riley, you know, we really want this to work, but you are going to have to sing. Your songs, you can't monotone rap them. And he was like, "Bring, bring, and I wish grandpas never died." I'm like, God damn it! Zip, zip, Where's my guitar? Zip, 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 zip. Bring three chords and I wish grandpas never died. Zip, 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 zip. Fuck Tim McGraw, humble and uh, go fuck yourselves. Tim McGraw's like, fuck man, I gotta like, I'm gonna have to start taking Shania Twain or uh, Faith Hill out on. Who is he married to? Faith Hill was used to be married to the one bald dude, live, live strong, rides a bike guy. I'm so bad with names I forgot the Queen of England's name The other day uh, On this podcast uh, And And then Faith Hill Is married to Oh no no To Livestrong And then Shania Twain Wait I don't know Maybe Tim McGraw Needs to go single Just announced that I mean, I'm kind of excited To see what What he's got coming out Alright Last thing I want to talk about And it's going to be a longer segment. Let's break down the conversation on genre and country music. This is always a huge conversation. I'm three episodes in, I've already hated all over top 40 country music. You know, reflecting on that, but then also, I mean, just kind of always known this. In reality, top 40 country is dying. I don't think it's going to survive. I don't think radio is going to survive. So I think a better question since country radio isn't going to survive and and with it the whole country top 40 mechanism, you know, that whole structure, I just feel I feel like it's headed for it's a little outdated and it's headed for a huge change. So what does that future look like? And I think the big question is what is the future? Of rural music, country, rural music. Uh, I think this is something. So, it, I think one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because like, some of the country songs that I've been listening to recently have really grappled with this. And I've got two examples right here. The song's called The Country Doesn't Sound the Same, it's by John Bowman. He's talking about, well, here's the lyric country music, he's referring to. Took you to a place deep inside or up above. That's pretty much what it was grounded in. Like deep reflection or it had a spiritual essence to it. But then, I mean, he goes on to talk about how when he says the country doesn't sound the same, it's almost like a plan. Words like the country music doesn't sound the but also the country has changed a lot. I'm, you know, people are fleeing the cities. They're rural America. I mean, you could do more with less people. You know, they've got all these crazy machines. And small cities are getting smaller. Some are disappearing. Hill Country is one of my favorite bands. Also Luke Combs. Also Codename Aiden's. Codename Codename Aiden put you guys onto Hill Country way before Luke Combs. A whole seven days. Y'all didn't listen. The Eagle by Hill Country. One of the lyrics goes, When your hometown don't feel like home now. Dot, dot, dot He goes on to say, Does an eagle feel when he's flying that his way of life or way of living is dying? So, I mean, in both of the songs, there's a lot of, there's questioning, is the country, rural way of life, is it dying? I think, like, a consistent theme over the last couple of de- decades is, you know, not only do like rural people, farm people, you know, country people feel like their way of life is dying, but they also feel like their message is being suppressed. That's my biggest problem with country radio is that you get these top 40 guys on there, like Luke Bryan, who's run 25 songs up to run number one. And while he does sing songs based on I believe, probably, I'm a you know, I'm from California, so what do I know? But what I assume are rural themes. I think um, most of top forty country is completely detached from what makes country music special. I mean, John Bowman in the country doesn't sound the same. Country music took you to a place deep inside or up above. I've always believed. That And I think one of the the reasons I have gravitated towards country music as a guy, as a kid that grew up in California, very I'm a city kid, man, (laughs) through and through, Uh, but then joined the military and was exposed to it through that. And then, you know, grew a lot as a man. And I think what I have the reason I've gravitated and I think a lot of military people gravitate towards country music is because it. Rural people and country music are very grounded and rooted in reality. And they sing songs, you know, their real life stories or their real life topics. Um, I think that's one of the biggest. Moving forward, I feel like that's going to kind of be a huge delineation in music is music that's rooted and grounded in reality or music that sort of sells you a dream and I feel like a lot of top 40 country it's all about boozing and girls with tight jeans on and slide on over girl and just getting laid and having a good time and like like pining for that sort of lifestyle uh you know those 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 moments come and go but what you're really left with for most of your life is sometimes, you know, life is hard, you know, and dealing with that somehow, like processing that. Uh, I, that's what, that's why I feel like country music has been so important to me is because it's allowed me to like process really serious things in my life. And that's where I've connected on it, on like, you know, not to get too saw with this, but like on a spiritual level, I've connected, you know, Another, another guy that's just been awesome for me recently, Larry Fleet, where I find God, um, you know, it's just where I'm at spiritually as a, you know, as a, as a believer, as a Christian, like it just really speaks to me and, you know, I need that music in my life. So how do we, how do we move forward promoting that, you know? Something that's been really interesting to me recently, you know I'll say this: you shouldn't come to Nashville to be a country artist. I think what makes Nashville special is the songwriting community. come to if you want to be a, a good songwriter, come to Nashville. All the best songwriters are here. I think even even l a and new york have 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 seen that. Uh, you see Julia Michaels out here. You see producers like Diplo out here. You see, uh, you know, Sarah a- Sarah Ahrens, who's a huge songwriter in pop. She wrote um, The Middle by Zed that Maren Morris was on and then went on to write a ton of Maren Morris' latest album. You know, songwriters are are starting to see that what's made, I think, country music special is that it's grounded in reality and it tells real stories. And you can put... Pop production to that, yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, I wouldn't come to Nashville to, to be a country music artist. I think to be a country music artist, you're sonically going to be different. I mean, if you look, if you look at the Americana Appalachian artists like Jason Isbell or um, American Aquarium, these guys like they have a certain tone to them. There's a sonic difference, uh, and it's it's a local sound. Look, at, just look at te- Texas. I mean, Texas country has its like own chart, its own touring schedules, its own festivals. Like Texas country is taken off a, a lot, on a life of its own, and obviously, like Texas, Texas is Texas, and those types of things happen in Texas, as we all know. But I, I, if I was if I was a country artist, I would stay local. I would stay where I'm at. Tell the story. I mean, that's going back to the very beginning of country music. That's what the Carter family did. They went around Grabbed stories up Grabbed local Tunes And And songs that had been written And they brought them And they recorded them And they pushed them out Over radio So start doing that Start Start Building an audience locally You know Stay true to the sound That's what's That's what's so Frustrating about Top 40 countries That These There's all these guys Up there sing. I mean half these guys are from or grew up or they're from a big city or they're a lot a ton of them are from like nashville they grew up here nashville is one of the fastest growing cities in the in the country so they're up there singing about a life that they just don't live it's completely inauthentic so i think like moving forward like that that's what's going to be important and that's what people are going to want is authenticity uh, one one of the cool things about 30 Tigers is that I feel like the artists always, you know, we allow them to market themselves authentically. Sometimes artists don't want to do press. They don't want to do interviews. So we work with their team to find a way around that, you know, to, to figure out a way to market the music authentically. So I don't know. I think uh, some quickly, some cool things moving forward. In summary, don't come to Nashville to be a country artist. I think. What makes Nashville special is the songwriting culture. I think there's some cool things happening in Nashville. You know, there's like this uh, radio station that they that they have at at the Top Golf called Young Country or Yoko ninety six point seven. I mean, they they take a a modern approach to it where they they take a modern approach where they stream online and they promote heavily online and. They partner more as a brand online than, and I, I think like ultimately make money more as a brand than necessarily maybe getting promotion dollars or getting traditional radio advertisement. But they they brand themselves as genreless radio, so they just celebrate local music. I think moving forward, genreless any everything is it, uh, peop, you can't really keep kids from finding music now like they're going to find what they want and what's important is that it's authentic and it's true to who that artist is pushing this top 40 country nonsense that just isn't real country um, that isn't grounded in reality and that isn't sonically country it's just not going to last because because kids can find the music that speaks to them now All right, that's all I got for this week. Talk to you later. Bye.